five, six, seven, eight. Stand with us. We're going to sing in our time of worship today. Joy to the world, the Lord is Christmas Eve service. You guys may have a seat. Just a few announcements uh, this morning before we continue our time in worship. I uh, just wanted to welcome you all, uh, newcomers and oldcomers alike. If you are new, visiting for the first time, uh, you'll find a connect card in the seat in front of you. It'll say connect on it. so you know what it is. And uh, if you would fill that out uh, with your name and information on there and then drop it in the offering plate when it comes by, that would be great. We'd love to know who you are and uh, love to tell you more about what we do here at Cross Point. Um, a couple other things, um, just just to make you aware, we have an overflow room in the back, which is also being utilized by uh, some of our families with young kids. If that's you um, and you'd like to take advantage of that, rather than trying to corral your children, feel welcome. I think uh, there might be a baby gate up. Is there? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. 
at any rate, um, it might be a better option. We have the service on a TV in the back there in addition to um, the sound coming through. So um, uh, let's see. Lastly, just want to let you know, no service uh, this evening. This will be the one and only service for today. Um, but we will have service on the 31st coming back. So I hope that you come and join us for that. Um, we're going to continue our time in worship through our offering. I call the ushers forward at this time, and, uh, and then we'll continue on. You stand back up with us. We've got more songs to sing this morning. Celebrating the birth of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, who came to rescue his people. We're gone. 
angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Father, the story of Christmas is a story that many of us in this room are all too familiar with, and thus we need you to perform a great miracle in the coming moments. Would you open our eyes to behold the beauty of the Savior who is Christ the Lord? Would you open our ears to receive the good news that the shepherds received so very long ago? Would you awaken our slumbering hearts yet again to the beauty and wonder of Christmas? Would you compel us by your spirit to join with the angels in singing glory to God in the highest? Jesus, you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. May we marvel at who you are and what you've accomplished on behalf of sinners like us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, we just sang about it. Can you picture it? The shepherds just minding their own business keeping watch over their flock by night. According to Jewish tradition, these were the very fields where animals were groomed for the temple sacrifices in Jerusalem. You can just envision the shepherds surrounded by hundreds, maybe even thousands of lambs who would eventually be led to the slaughter. When out of the darkness, the light of God's glory burst forth. An angel of the Lord appeared. And, and not to those with the greatest political power, not to those with the greatest, most expansive religious pedigree, but to shepherds, the lowest of the low, poorest of the poor. I don't know about you, um, but especially having uh, a two-year-old and a three-year-old, I've seen a few Christmas plays in recent history, some worse than others. Um, you know who never sticks out in a Christmas play? The shepherds. If you want a spotlight in a Christmas play, you audition for the role of Mary, Joseph, Maybe a wise man, maybe an angel, maybe even get to be the star itself. But if your mom or dad is forcing you to be in the play and you want to remain as inconspicuous as possible, you want to be a wallflower, you volunteer for the role of the shepherd. The role of the shepherd doesn't require any great skill set. My daughters do it all the time as they walk around our living room. Just put a blanket on your head and act fairly ordinary. The angel of the Lord appeared to a group of ordinary shepherds in the midst of their ordinary lives. 
light bursting forth in the darkness. And we're told, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Uh, We have a lot of babies running around our church family, which is a a great gift from the Lord. And so many of us in this room know what it is is to receive uh, good news in the form of a birth announcement. But this was not your standard birth announcement. Yes, it included the date of birth, the place of birth, the identity of the baby, but it also included some pretty astonishing language. Um, At the time of Jesus' birth, historically speaking, Caesar Augustus was the Roman emperor. And because of his efforts to bring peace to Rome, what was known as the Pax Romana in his day, he was declared to be the savior of the people. He was referred to many in his day as the son of the divine. In fact, one inscription from his reign declared, quote, The birth of the God has marked the beginning of the good news for the world. Right in the midst of this moment in human history, you have the angel of the Lord bringing an announcement of peace, a savior for the people, good news for the world, the son of the divine. Um, The decree from Caesar Augustus declared peace through taxation, oppression, and forced loyalty. Meanwhile, the decree to the shepherds declared peace through the arrival of the Messiah, the true savior, the Lord of all. And, And that announcement came to a smelly bunch of shepherds. And not only did it come to them, but it was also for them. In the words of the angel, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of joy, of great joy. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. To to you who are among the lowest of society, a Savior is born. Um, In the Old Testament, when God made a promise to his people, he would oftentimes provide a, a sign to assure them of the reliability of that promise. God knows the fickle nature of our hearts and our need for reassurance. And so as you read the Christmas story, you might ask the question, how could the shepherds rest assured that this Savior was for them, even them? What kind of sign would make sense for a bunch of low-rung-on-the-totem-pole shepherds? How about a helpless baby lying in a smelly stable? And this will be a sign for you, the angel said. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Not a baby wrapped in fine linens and lying in the king's palace. A baby in humble wrappings and lying among the feeding troughs of Bethlehem. It's a declaration that God didn't come for those who think they have it all together. He came for those who are well aware of their spiritual state of poverty. In Mary's words, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. You can just picture the shepherds as they traveled to Bethlehem and looked in wide-eyed wonder upon the Savior, the one who created the heavens and the earth, now having to be taught how to spell the very things that he had made. The one who cradles the heavens, now cradled in the arms of a teenage girl. What incredibly unbelievable, humble condescension. God's power displayed through weakness. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but if you read how the story goes, another day would soon come when Jesus yet again would be wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying within borrowed property, enshrined in burial linens in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea following his crucifixion. Jesus was born to die. Those tiny hands were destined to receive the nails of crucifixion. 
And so when you see the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, not just this morning, but as you leave this place and celebrate throughout the remainder of this day and on into tomorrow, know this. Know that you're meant to see on full display a God so filled with love for his people that he would take on a killable body in order to sign the check for their ransom in his blood. Before we move on, let's do this. Let's pause for a moment to remember the broken body and shed blood of Jesus. I can think of no better way to do that than to partake of the Lord's Supper together. Uh, We receive communion here by taking the bread, dipping it in the cup, the bread representing the broken body of Jesus, the cup representing his shed blood. If you're a Christian, this meal is for you. I invite you to come now.
come as no surprise to us that that God would choose to show his power through weakness. It's kind of God's MO, isn't it? He has a reputation for doing just that. The prophet Isaiah, if you read the Old Testament, uh, in his declaration of the future birth of Jesus, declared that what Jesus would accomplish would be very much like that which God accomplished on the day of Midian. Now you might ask, well, what does that mean? Well, when the Israelites took over the land of Canaan after wandering in the wilderness for years, their rebellion against God led to their being overcome by the pagan nations around them, including the Midianites. And so God raised up Gideon to go to battle against these pagan armies. And Gideon managed to gather an army of of roughly 32,000 men for himself. But God determined in his wisdom that 32,000 was a few too many men for this battle. And so God, or Gideon whittled his army down to 10,000 men. God's response, nah, still too many. It seems like a terrible strategy for war, right? Um, you want to win this battle, right, Lord? And so 10,000 was eventually reduced to 300, and then God said, okay, yep, I can work with that. And so with nothing more than trumpets, empty jars, and torches, Gideon's army of 300 defeated their enemies by God's grace. God chose to manifest his power through weakness so that no one would question whether it was God or man who brought about that victory. And Isaiah, in telling us of the future birth of Jesus, says it's going to be a lot like what happened in Gideon's day. God's going to show himself victorious in apparent defeat. He's going to show himself strong through weakness. We see it perfectly and beautifully in the Christmas story, don't we? The author entering into his own story as a character and not the character that most of us would have chosen if we were writing the story. The author of human history entered into the story of human history by way of the feeding troughs of Bethlehem, surrounded by a supporting cast of smelly barnyard animals. Christmas is undeniably meant to overwhelm us with the condescension of the eternal God. A God who would stoop down in order to raise you and I up out of our hopeless state. Not only would that helpless baby one day go on to live the perfect sinless life that we could never live. Not only would that helpless baby go on to die the sinner's death that you and I deserve to die. But that helpless child would too one day rise from the grave. Slaying the darkened dragons of Satan, sin, and death. Our greatest enemies. Salvation is of the Lord. The shepherds looked down on that 
that helpless child lying among the feeding troughs of Bethlehem. And, and they must have understood something of what God was up to because we're told in Luke chapter 2 that the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The story ends exactly where it began. Out in the fields where animals were groomed for the temple sacrifices in Jerusalem. Surrounded by hundreds, maybe even thousands of lambs that would eventually be led to the slaughter. You can just hear the shepherds talking with one another, can't you? Remember those Bible verses our moms and dads made us memorize back in the day? You remember that one? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Or, or how about that other verse? He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before it shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. The lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world had been born. The fulfillment of the sacrificial system, think about this, which surrounded the shepherds in those very fields. Christmas is an indictment before it's a joy. Christmas declares that we like sheep have all gone astray. That God came to us is an unwavering declaration that we could never get to him. We could never do enough to bridge the gap between our sinfulness and God's holiness. But Christmas is also the celebration that we don't have to, hallelujah. God's rescue mission, hear me if you don't hear me say anything else this morning. God's rescue mission is not based on human merit. It's not based on intrinsic lovability. It's not based on moral fiber. It's not about impressing some divine elf on the shelf. The world says that there are naughty and nice people. The gospel says there are naughty people and Jesus who came to save naughty people like you and me. Christmas is not the celebration of self-rescue. Christmas is the celebration of Jesus Christ, our rescuer. He came not to condemn the world, but to seek and save the lost. The way that Jesus stepped onto the redemptive historical stage, which he created in the first place, by the way, is God's way of making a statement. I'm not there for those who think they have it all together. I'm there for those who are fully aware that they don't. Another way we could say it, the coming of Christ is for the shepherds of this world. And so if you're not a Christian this morning, I invite you to turn to Jesus with nothing more than your sin and the empty hands of faith to receive the greatest Christmas gift that this world has ever known. Christ your Savior, Christ your King, Christ your treasure. And for all of us in this room this morning, as you celebrate Christmas, as you leave this place throughout the remainder of today, and as you wake up tomorrow, be amazed at the unexpected. Be amazed at a God who would take on flesh to reconcile you to himself forever. At great cost to himself, Jesus has made a way for us to experience eternal joy. The Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, could never touch our hearts. But the peace of Jesus Christ absolutely can and will for eternity. And so let's continue to worship him. Let's continue to worship Jesus in this place, the greatest gift the world has ever known. Just got through singing the lyrics, Light of life, dispel our darkness. We light candles this time of year as a symbol of Jesus who came as the light of the world, entered into our mess to save us. Um, if you're living in that darkness now, I, I just wanted to say that there is hope and peace in the person of work of Jesus Christ who burns brighter than a billion candles. And he 
want you to know that. Um, I want to call the ushers forward at this time. There should be a candle in the seat in front of you. Um, the ushers are going to come by on each row and light the first one. If you just pass it along and uh, until this whole room is ablaze with, with our candlelight.
fact that my children did not run up on this stage at any point during this service is a sign that God still performs miracles. Uh, a couple of things as we get ready to leave this place. Uh, as James mentioned before, uh, we will have a service next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We'd love to have you join us for that. Uh, the week after that, on January 7th, we're going to do a four-week series on the church. And we're actually going to have uh, an opportunity for you to send in questions that you have about the church at large and about Cross Point Peachtree City during that series. Uh, you'll be able to text in those questions, and I'll do my best to answer those in the subsequent Sundays of that series. So we'd love to have you join us if you have your questions about the church and particularly about this church. Um, on January 21st from 3 to 5, if you're looking to start off the new year with a bang, you want to dive into the scriptures with more intentionality, and, and you want to know what it looks like to maybe try to get a little bit more out of that time, we're going to have a How to Study Your Bible workshop that day. We'd love to have you join us for that and kick off 2018 uh, with uh, some success in that regard. And then a, a couple more things, uh, and then we'll exit this place. Uh, when you get home, if you are in our database uh, you should find an email in your inbox that includes a Christmas devotional guide. We wanted to, to provide you with that since we won't have a service this evening for you to be able to utilize either this evening or when you wake up sometime tomorrow, uh, either you uh, and or your family. So um, utilize that to your advantage to celebrate Jesus as you leave this place this morning. And then as you do leave, you can drop your candles in one of the buckets at the back of the room. And also I hear that uh, the five loaves and two fishes worth of pancakes that we started off with have turned into multiple baskets. So take a bag or two or three with you as you leave and utilize that to your advantage as well as you finish out Christmas Eve. Uh, with that being said, the benediction this morning is very simple. As you leave this place and continue to celebrate Christmas, may God fill your heart with wonder. May God overwhelm you with his grace and you as you marvel at the one who took on flesh to reconcile you to himself forever. May you celebrate Jesus Christ, the greatest gift the world has ever known. Merry Christmas. Love you guys.
We don't have to worry. 